Welcome to the Science of Psychotherapy podcast with your hosts, Richard Hill and Matthew Darlitz. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Science of Psychotherapy podcast. I'm Matthew Darlitz, Editor-in-Chief of the Science of Psychotherapy, here as always with the amazing Richard Hill. Yes, look, and it's the amazing, completely repetitive uh, Matthew Darlitz. I was, I, was listening to, I was listening to a few of them and I just thought, we say the same thing every single time, but we've got to introduce the show. So here we are, uh, the managing editor and executive producer and uh, all kinds of brilliant people we are. It's very exciting, of course, doing these. Uh, you know, I'm loving the new um, the little thumbs that we're using oh, here, yes. <laughs> to, to, so people can see quickly what's going on. And we're getting out the uh, the new, a freely available program in the shortcuts. That's uh, just me going through just quick little uh, well shortcuts. They're mm-hmm. they're five to ten minute little looks at a whole bunch of different things. I, I was listening to the one on sleep today, and uh, it's been a, few, you know, a little while since I've done them, and I thought, oh, that's really interesting. Uh, well, I, and he should say something about and then I did so yeah but yeah. um they're really for the general user those ones so mm. therefore therapists to get a, a general appreciation but really good to give to your clients particularly the one on sleep uh, yeah. because that's one of the biggest problems so fantastic. oh yeah just brilliant I love the little little snippets you can just get some great little nuggets of information very quickly. I remember years ago I did these, uh, you know, different brain parts in 60 seconds and people love them just to, you know, get that little bit of information. Well, we haven't got time. We just need a, a, something to grasp and then then we can go and think about it. So it's, even though you spend only 10 minutes, then it just sort of goes round the brain. So it's very useful. Mm. Now, our podcasts, of course, which is what we're on today, are a little bit longer, but they're still not excessively long, but they run about 30, 40 minutes uh, because they're a bit more important. They have more to say. And we get to talk to really interesting people. And what's fabulous because of this wonderful interweb thing is we can get to speak <laughs> to people all around the world. And That's so right. we're going somewhere interesting today. Mr. Matthew, tell us. Yes, we're going over to the Netherlands and uh, we're going to talk to a a general practitioner, a psychologist there, and he's been working with young people and he works within uh, a a systems framework. So he thinks in systems just like we do. (laughs) Yeah, we love him. (laughs) And so, yeah, working with young people and and families, obviously, you know, that's sort of working in systems there. So he's got some great things to say about that. And so very keen to go over and talk to him and just keen to understand what's happening in different cultures. I know a little while ago in our magazine, we started a series just looking at psychotherapy around the world. And, and it is that's right. And that was a, a fabulous thing. And please go back into the archives and, and have, a, have a look at that. And, uh, and I can see we've actually been both avoiding pronouncing his name. <laughs> so, so I'm going to make you do it. I'm going to make you do it. Well, Utah. Utah, like the state, in America. And and his surname is long and complicated and uh, beautifully Dutch. <laughs> so that's where we want to go. And, and of course, all that information will be uh, on, on the show notes. And we, we hate to be disrespectful, but we'll, we'll check in how to pronounce his name if we talk to him. <laughs> all right. Wonderful. Uh, before we do jump across to the Netherlands, if you do want to support us, please jump across to the scienceofpsychotherapy.net. That's our academy site. Stacks of stuff for you to get into there. We've got you know almost 10 years of, of archived material there for you to look at. I like to say it's it's more than you could poke a stick at. Indeed, and, and new material being added all the time. So yeah. uh, uh, not uh, repackaged, actually very new. So okay. keep on doing that, jump on over it. And for now, we're going to jump on over to the Netherlands. 
Hi, Utah. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Science of Psychotherapy podcast. It's so great to meet you. Yeah, same. It's uh, great to meet you guys as well. Um, I, I'm a big fan of your uh, podcast. I really like the stuff that you guys do. Um, I, I really love how you guys are creating this integrative view uh, about uh, about people, about the individuals, about how psychology works. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased that I can uh, help and add something up to, uh, to all the knowledge that you've gathered so far. Yeah, I, I, and I mean, thank you so much for you know making us feel welcome. Um, but uh, but uh, it's we want to make you feel welcome too because you're there in the Netherlands, which in itself is uh, is a fascinating world. I've had the good fortune to be there a few times, but not a lot. So we really. Um, besides looking at some of your work and drilling into some of the, the particular things you do, we'd also like to learn a little bit about what it's like to be in the Netherlands, to be a practitioner in the Netherlands. So maybe we'll just start off with that sort of broad question. What what uh, brought you into? What were the efforts that uh, enabled you to become a psychotherapist, a psychologist, and, and uh, the way you practice at the moment? Yeah, of course. So, um, well, I think that the, the, the psychology study is very accessible in the Netherlands. Um, we've got, uh, I'd say, like five or six universities who, uh, who give psychology as a study. And um, I think the average amount of people that can roll in every year is around 500 or 600 people. So there are loads of psychologists being, being educated. Um, and uh, as for the place where I studied in Leiden, I, I know that around, um, well, I'd say maybe 10% or 5% rolled into the, uh, the master clinical psychology, which is more focused on giving therapy, right? Um, and I think that that uh, one thing that's, that really comes up into my mind is that uh, psychology in the Netherlands is is a very individualistic focused still. So um, when you uh, study adult psychology, then you mostly focus on on uh, problems that can people can have the DSM criteria right and and how you can treat that with uh, well mostly with CBT, um, and but. I think that's unfortunate that they uh, don't bring into systems more into account and, and families that are around uh, around people. Um, so I think that the psychology study gives a nice big broad basis. Um, but after you finish your study, uh, you're not completely a therapist yet. You you started your work and then you you try things and you you try to help clients. But actually what I hear from from all the people who started, they they don't really know what they're doing or so it feels uh, like that. And then uh, it really helps to follow some more post-master studies and, and develop yourself as, as a therapist. So yeah, that, that's how I think it works in the Netherlands. You get a basic amount of knowledge but after that after that you need to uh, you know to continue developing yourself and continue to follow some studies to to grow are you part of an association are there different associations where you have to you know have supervision and that sort of thing mm -hmm. yeah i mean um there's uh, the association um for for this adult psychology uh, right it's called a nip and then we have got an association for for youth and, and child uh, mental health care uh, it's called uh, SKA and um, 
Well, basically what you have to do is you have to follow enough supervisions and follow enough uh, forms of education in order to stay registered to that. So it's it's a, a light way, so to speak, to, to ensure that people are, uh, you know, they are professionals. I, I can um, almost see the, the, the difficulty that you're talking about straight away there, that, that uh, in the sense of being able to work in a systems way, in a family systems and looking at the variety of people because you've got, you know, one association for adult-based uh, practitioners mm-hmm. and one association for youth and, uh, and and different. Because I know from your uh, background and just some of the things that we've been able to read about you that actually working in systems, working in the families, looking at uh, more than one person at a time is your preference. It is is actually part of the work you do. And you work at a particular place where you're you're asked to make these sorts of assessments. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so I think it's very interesting to talk about the, the context. So I work at the, the Opfut Poli, which you could you know, translate into the parenting poly. Um, and uh, the wonderful thing is that um, we really got a very healthy system of, of, of colleagues working here. So colleagues are very friendly. They are very cooperative. They, they care a lot about each other. Um, we've got a lot of different disciplines working here. We've got system therapists. We've got therapists specialized in attachment. We've got uh, play therapists. We've got therapists who are more focused on uh, on body therapy, right? On, on uh, psychosocial uh, body connections, um, and also the, the well standard things like cognitive behavior therapy or, or EMDR. Um, but a wonderful thing is that because everyone feels so safe here and everyone is so accessible for uh, for cooperating and asking help, I think you can take on much more uh, complex clients and you can really be there for the client because you always feel secure. You always got someone uh, having your back, right? Hmm. Um and uh, yeah, we we work mostly with with systems, uh, so with with, uh, with the child, but also with with the parents and the family around that. Um, and I think that also has to do with with the motto that we have at, at the Opfut Poli, which is uh, we do what is necessary or we do what is what we must. Um, and that means that we we don't stick to a certain protocol. Of course, protocols can be very helpful and, and they can be useful for treating depressions or anxieties. But but more often than not, uh, the clients that we see have a wide variety of problems. So they need a unique approach. And, and how we do that is we, we really take the time to connect to the client, to, to establish a strong uh, therapeutic relationship. Um, and we do that by not being judgmental, by just standing next to the client and really asking out how, how life is for them and how things work for them. And after we've connected with them, we, we take the time to... Um, um, yeah, to, to get a broad view on, on, on how the problems developed or, or why they are struggling in life. And we do that through sitting with, with, with the client, with the child, and, and understanding their, their, their child factors that can come into play. Um, so, for example, uh, the development of their personality or things like ADHD or autism um, or, or their IQ. But then we also take into account how the family works around the client, right? So uh, some families can be more strict, some can be more open, or uh, some can struggle 
struggle financially or some can be quite quite rich and the other standards and um, we really try to find the strengths and, and, and weaknesses both in, in the client and, and the system um, and then try to check out on how they both can work together to cover up for, for the vulnerabilities of the client or the worries that the system has. Um, and, and that is where, where I think the magic happens, right? To check out the, the interaction between the client and the system, which interactions are helpful and which should be uh, you know, promoted and which uh, interactions can cause the, the symptoms to, to worsen or, or stick into the place and then uh, should, be, uh, should be treated. Mm. Now, you've got a number of different specialists within your group. Will a client see a number of different specialists or they sort of stick with the one? How does that work? Yeah, so um, once we've went through this research phase or so to speak, once we uh, checked out what, what, what the client is struggling with and what the strengths are, we think about which therapy fits uh, the client the best. So uh, we propose, uh, for example, if we have a client who who is more uh, into uh, theater and dramatics and stuff like that, then we uh, would propose a, uh, a drama therapist to, to work with, with the client. Unfortunately, we don't have a drama therapist anymore, but but when, before we had that, and that, was, that really brought wonderful results. Um, and then sometimes we, we add something up to that as well, if the client has time and space for that. Uh, we can also combine it with, with some CBT or uh, another schema therapy, whatever floats uh, floats your boat. Um, and yeah, I think after that, you can evaluate the results and check out if, if more is needed. So we really take an integrative approach. Yeah. There's, a, there's always an interesting thing that perception um, of Europe, when we look there, uh, at the, particularly as you move north, um, you know, Holland, and then you move into the Scandinavian areas. There, there seems to be just a different way of um, a different way of, I suppose, engaging with the world. There's, there seems to be more cooperativeness, uh, and I, I suspect that this is going. This extends over a long period of time, and and reflected in the politics and 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 various arrangements. Uh, I do know that um, in some places, uh, even though there's a, a great deal more awareness and more social engagement, uh, not everywhere is uh, as as touchy feely and as as cuddly. I, you know. Some friends in Scandinavia, it's a little bit icy. In Denmark, it's a bit this, Holland. Uh, and that is quite fascinating, but it's almost like there's a persona um, that invades these, these more northern, colder areas, but it's quite different in Scotland, which is also you know, quite cold. So is there, am I, is there anything there that, that resonates or that you've, uh, you've thought about, the, the, the differences, you know, how we're different from a lot of the other places in the world? Well, I, I think that the Netherlands definitely has, has this corporative, uh, corporativeness, as you said. Um, people are are kind of very willing to help each other out and they're willing to, to listen to each other. Um, and uh, at the same time, they, they can also be quite straightforward, right? So Dutch people say what they think to each other. Okay. In a very honest <laughs> but, but polite way. Yeah. Um, so they're very direct. 
But there's definitely, uh, I would say, a very big sense of safety when you walk over the streets, right? You, you don't feel threatened by people. You can just always ask people for, for help and, um, and and they'll be there for you. So, uh, yeah, I definitely see that uh, in, in the Netherlands, that there's there's an openness for, for people. But at the same time, I think that even though there is this this uh, possibility to ask for help and that people will generally help you out. Uh, people always can feel a little bit, I don't know, ashamed or held back as well to ask for it, mm. right? So it's uh, there are two forces working uh, against each other. Uh, and I think that, that in therapy, definitely we try to learn clients to ask more and more and more help, right? And, and then we've got, uh, uh, I guess we're quite spoiled in the Netherlands that if they get over that, that, uh, that big hill of, of asking for help, then they'll get it quite quite fast and quite quickly. Yeah, this is this very strong um, uh, social uh, responsibility that that exists in the in the, the government and the social structures and the, and in the um, community structures as as well. And I just want to yeah. give if you've got oh no, Matt's got something. I, I was going to ask about an, an example or a case or something, but you can let that oh, yeah. so just, just around. But what about you, Matt? Yeah, just before you do, just yeah. along similar lines. I'm interested to know um about funding for psychotherapy. Is this yep. is it mainly a government funded um enterprise or is it private practice for what what's what help you yeah, yeah I was about to, to talk about that actually yeah. right oh, great and I think that those are uh, those are the things that we're very spoiled with in the Netherlands so we've got these health insurance companies like everyone uh, you know everyone is uh, uh, is part of, of a health insurance tribe or so to speak um, and even though you, you you pay a sum of money every month, like let's say 200 euros, 150 euros, they, they make mental health uh, care very accessible and then also physical health care, right? Um, if you need therapy, then um, you, you can just, you know, you, go, you can go to a psychologist and the, the health insurance company will cover most of it. Um, and I think that that's wonderful because it allows people to, find help really, really quickly if they need it. Um, at the same time, there is this thing going on where, where there are big lines of queues, right? Where, where people have to wait in order to uh, to get in line with, with, with the therapist. So uh, the average waiting time is, I think, around six to nine months in order to, uh, uh, yeah, uh, to get access to, to a therapist. And it's very long. So there's a lot of need for help and there are just enough or insufficient psychologists, you could say, to, to help all the people out. Um, and at the same time, I think that also has to do with with the cultural vulnerability i say of the netherlands which is that uh we're we're pretty individualistic focused um so you know we've got this this western attitude where we think that uh, we have to do everything ourselves as much as possible even though there's a lot of help available everyone's open for it we still feel like we have to do it ourselves and um and that we have to work hard and then to, to to get a good job and a good study and and uh we we tend to reflect a lot on our own behavior but we're not or, or less aware on how our behavior is uh, formed by, by the families or, or the friends or relationships around us. Um, and that's something that you also see back in, in, in uh, well, how people try to solve problems, right? Like they, 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 they struggle with something and then they, they go to a therapist. Um, and, and it's 
even how our therapy itself works. So the health insurance companies cover most of the therapies. But unfortunately, when we talk about system therapy, that is something that is hardly covered at all by health insurance companies. So um, the, the system therapy actually has a very weak spot at the moment in the, in the therapy land that we have in the Netherlands. Um, and, and, and I think that that can be quite a problem, right? Because right. if you think about it, the most important people around you is not your therapy but are are your friends and your, your family and then your your wife or your your husband right so um I, th- I think that that's a big shame so we're spoiled with having uh very much access to to uh to yeah mental health care uh but at the same time we we miss out on opportunity to uh to find the sources around us the the, the conference i went uh, Uta, uh to 10 years ago was a family systems therapy conference Wow! Uh, really, in there, and uh, and I, I, there was quite a lot of talk about the um, exclusion, uh, you know, yeah. sort of distancing they had there back then, uh, ten years ago. So it sounds like it hasn't improved an enormous amount. They're really fighting. Uh, the system therapists are really fighting to gain ground in, in therapy land, and um, I think definitely in in the child and youth care, they they're really gaining a lot of ground, and the importance is is uh yeah is huge but as for adults i think it's it's uh, it's mostly still still forgotten or or left out uh, i was just going to make a comment there about the individualistic uh nature um does that bring a sense of of shame if things aren't working uh, you know, in a mental health way, you know, if we need to, you've got this idea, we need to be able to achieve it on our own, you know, we're individualistic. So if things aren't quite working with my mental health, uh, is that a, is that a point of shame? Um, yeah, I think that that the the current generation are breaking through that, but I definitely mm-hmm. think that previous generations had more shame around that it's not okay or not tolerated to, to go to a psychologist and you should hide that. Right. But, uh, if I talk about my, my own generation, definitely also the younger generations that I see here, uh, they're actually quite open about it and they just, you know, they accept it and they, they say like, oh, this is part of me and I'm working on that and then it's actually good and then they actually feel very uh, yeah they think that the therapy is very helpful and they also recommend people who don't struggle with problems to go to a therapist because they learn so much about themselves so I'm, I'm very yeah. glad to see that this is uh, that this is changing yeah. yeah and that is something that we we are hearing from all other places around the world as well so so just getting back to that idea of, uh, of looking at a case uh, is is there one that you you've come to got in yeah. mind that has a uh, maybe a younger person and then working with the parents and just how you go about it uh, uh, you know once they've you know obviously gone through those hoops of of having to apply and go through the waiting lists and and then find that they're covered but when they've relaxed into that area anyone that you can uh, just sort of enlighten with or even just sort of com- compile a couple yeah well well uh, and then there was this one or one one boy that I saw he was around uh, 15 year, years old at that time and um I uh, I saw him for for diagnostic research so for personality research and um I well I, I checked out his personality I checked out the struggles that he was uh, was having back then and um yeah then then the results were, were really shocking right so this person had very strong depressive thoughts he was extremely suicidal um he, he could just end his life in one second or another so it was very uh, very alarming 
and and he had so many vulnerabilities in 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 his personality um also due to having so many psychological complaints that he just couldn't help himself anymore that if you would sit with him in a one-on-one situation then you wouldn't get anything out of the therapy at all so um yeah, what I learned that if, if if the client doesn't have enough, well, healthy islands or so to speak, so, so not enough strengths in, in their own to, to move forward, then you really need to rely on the system around the client. And, and that's basically what we did. So um, and it was a very, uh, you know, there was a lot of stress at, at, the, at the boy's home and um, stress for, for the boy itself and also for the mother, because, you know, if you have a child who's struggling so much, then just try to stay calm, right, as, as a parent. And uh, what we did was we really built a very healthy system around him. So um, he now lives at, at a group where there is constant uh, uh, guidance. There's always a, a coach there or, uh, you know, someone who takes care of, uh, of the kids. Um, and because there is a little bit more and more distance between him and, and his, his parents, then there's also less, you know, less tension for, for, for the parents, right? And they... they and well, throw away a little bit of responsibility so they can have a little bit of, of own air to breathe as well. And, and what you see now is that, that his relation between his, his mother really improved a lot and um, that, that he can feel uh, also a little bit more accepted by, by the persons who are there to, to guide him. Um, and he's going to, um, how do you call that? Like a place where you just uh, spend uh, spend time and then can chill out a little bit or work with plants, you know, have a, have a day activity, um, where he also meets uh, meets kids who are around his age and can be struggling with problems, so that he can feel a little bit accepted and and feel that he is, um, yeah, um, uh, that it's okay to sometimes struggle uh, in life. Um, so, so we really build a system around him of the activity of, of having a better connection with, with his mother and, and someone who can always care for him. Uh, and then also at, at the level of, of the physical level, right? We had some intervention. So he, he took some vitamin D and, and we, uh, a dietist was involved as well uh, to, to help him gain more weight because he was really underweight because he just couldn't eat from all the stress that he was experiencing. Uh, so he, uh, he gained 20 kilograms so he, uh, he's just a healthy healthy person now and and he's slowly doing some more physical activities so what you can see is that he's really slowly rising and 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 that slowly is is, is uh, psychological problems are, are are reducing it's definitely not where he wants himself to be because he's still struggling with, with depression of course but uh, he definitely has improved he is not as suicidal as before and uh, he is not damaging himself he was also automutilating before so i think that's a, a beautiful example of how a good system around someone can really uh, lead to improvement and also a, a terrific example in family systems therapy it's not about how to make everything uh, pally pally and peachy keen and and uh, bring you back to to happy families sometimes it is just that that was that was fascinating that that actually the problem was that the family was too uh, isolated uh, in there or the family themselves were too interdependent and and you needed to to actually pull them away in order for them to be able to relax enough or or that just and this can happen as you go along I mean we all know 
the, the you know the difficulties uh, <laughs> says says you know us with grey hair and things uh, uh, and grey beards you know the, the the difficulty that there is a great difficulty in teenagerhood and it's really hard to to walk that that balance um, and and were you able to help the parents as well did they take on advice as well or was the focus mainly on the boy and then allowing the parents to have the space to use their own maturity to develop no definitely we we uh, spend a lot of energy in the parents as well and i was in this case with my colleague who's a system therapist and uh, she was uh, already involved with uh, with the family um and you know, because because it, it it was very rough for both sides, right? I mean, the boy had to take more space and get more space, but also the mother, and because they were very interdependent on each other, uh, it, it's like you know breaking a relation. Of course, it wasn't like that, but but taking a little bit more distance can be very painful for for both sides if it's necessary. So uh, of course, the mother needed a lot of support from from us as well, especially from my colleague to to, to cope with the new. Uh, a new way of, of living, right? Within the new ways of of increased distance and and suddenly having a little bit more time for herself as well, and and learning also new ways on how to to connect with uh, with with her child, um, and and to also improve their their relation, right? So to understand what what the what the child was going through, but also at the same time understanding herself, so all the things that, that the mother went through, um, so that she could react more sensitively to towards the, the client. That's fabulous, fabulous. Now, one of the wonderful things when um, you're doing therapy with a systems perspective is you're touching many lives, right, just as you've been explaining. Um, So, um, well, first of all, it it, it seems odd to me that you said the funding for this um, you know, systems <laughs> yeah. approach isn't quite there as in, it is in, with in more individual healthcare, right? So for, right. For, for for the child and, and youth healthcare, we've got a lot of money available. It's really great. Like the the yeah. you know the municipalities, the government really has this goal to to uh, to strengthen the next generations. Mm-hmm. So what yeah. we often see, right, that if, if for example, the, the grandparents have experienced trauma, in, in our case, in Netherlands, like the Second World War, then the trauma is given mm-hmm. over to the yeah. other generation. And then the, the third generation is, is mostly able to, to talk about it and reflect on it and improve. And and the government is very much aware of that and, and want, to, uh, want to improve the, the children yeah. so that they can have healthier children as well. So, so I was going to ask you... Um, it, what sense of what personal satisfaction you get out of seeing a system, you know, becoming more whole and healed? Uh, it, there's got to be a sense of satisfaction out of that. Definitely, definitely. Um, it, it's uh, it's just wonderful to see, right? So uh, I also see 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 another uh, boy, or actually just just his parents, who, who really had a, a horrible history of, of going through school. So so he's a very intellectual and, and clever a clever boy, but also has autism, and it was just a misfit, right? Of of the school couldn't offer him what what he needed, and therefore the school period was very very traumatizing for him, and also traumatizing for for the parents because they see their child continuously struggling, right? So this boy really developed also a strong depression. 
And um, what the most wonderful thing is, is that now that, that he's got the room and space to, to, to develop, he doesn't have to go to school anymore. And, and the parents have room and space to, to reflect on, on themselves and, and check out on how they can help their, uh, their child as much as possible. You can really see a positive growth. So, so this, this person, boy, he, he was mostly at home for like four or five years or so. And now he's coming out of, of, of home. He's playing tennis and he's, he's uh, going for walks and then he is giving hugs to his families. And you can really see that the, the entire family and also the, the, the boy itself are really, really improving. And, and that's wonderful, right? That, that's what I do it for as, as a therapist, to see people thrive and grow more and, and, and get more joy out of, out of their lives. Yes, I think there's a couple of themes there that a lot of people listening will relate to. That that thing, certainly that aspect of safety and uh, uh, giving support, but also space. And there's a there, there's mechanisms and failures in our modern culture. And I think that you know we can go back through history and see repeats of this uh, in, in many in, in in history. But we're doing it differently now uh, because of the nature of. Uh, uh, of, well, I suppose our industrialization and I suppose our, our increased populations, but also the uh, the sort of the closing in that the um, that the, the the internet and and various things that they they can close people in and, and make them feel unable to escape uh, pressures. So it's that's really that's uh, really lovely to hear you say that. Um, just sort of as as just a fundamental part. If you just give people space, sometimes we. We were talking with another friend recently. He does outdoor therapy, and uh, so rather literally, they, they 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 produce, they give them the opportunity to be in more space uh, by by taking them outside of the industrial, the the um, you know sort of uh, urban environment. Really, really, really interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we must be very aware, right, that we live. Within system, within system, within system. The yeah. government is one big system, and then we've got all the the facilities around them and, and the companies, and 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 that really has influence on how we develop as as a culture as well, or or as individuals. Um, yeah. And yeah, and in the Netherlands, I think we're we're pretty spoiled. I mean, we belong to one of the the richest countries in the world, and we've got great mental and physical health care and we've got a lot of opportunities to do to do sports to go to the theaters to to, to do stuff with friends um, and uh, yeah the, I, I think that most people because we are used to it right like we get into this homeostasis where we're used to being spoiled or so to speak so many people can can forget that but I think that we should be very grateful for, for the good economics that we have in the Netherlands at least and I also I think in Australia and other countries countries yeah uh, it's very true we, we, we're we're uh we've got lots of wonderful things we we have our issues that we still have to clean up uh, but uh, as long as we we work at it and we work at it hard i you know we could talk forever but uh, as you know these podcasts um uh, they have a, a limited listening to span and i think we're kind of getting towards the towards the edge of that now uh and i think we've covered some great ground and i love those cases you know we've got uh, two beautiful cases there but before we sort of wrap up, is there something we've missed or is there something that uh, is on your mind you'd like to share with us or, or just uh, just your own wrap up? 
Yeah. Well, I, I think the most important thing that I want to share with all the, the listeners here is then it's it's important to to look at the individual and find the strengths in, in, in the individual and build up onto that and to, to reduce their symptoms. But there's so many more resources around the, the person as well, right? So, so their families and their friends. And I think it can be extremely valuable to also uh, well, take a little bit of time to explore those resources with, with the client and discover how they can use the, the people around them to uh, to improve on, on, on their uh, the problems that they're struggling with. Um, so that's one important thing I wanted to share. And also that if you see an individual, a client, and, and the client has, has children, uh, also, please take the time to, to explore a little bit about how the symptoms of, of, of the, the parent can, can influence the development of a child, right? And I don't think that you necessarily instantly need to, to involve the child into therapy, but you can have a very important signaling function. And, and maybe you can help the parent to, to solve a little bit of the, the child's problems as well, or at least make them a little bit aware of them and, and work on those relationships as well. So... Uh, that's the final thing that I want to share. Well, thank you so much for inviting us over to the Netherlands to to meet <laughs> you. And uh, I, I hope one day I'll be able to go there in person. <laughs> and um, it's been wonderful getting a little bit of a glimpse um, into what psychotherapy is like in your part of the world. So thank you so much. Yes, thank you, Udo. And, uh, you know, lucky Netherlands to have you. It's 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 been <laughs> wonderful to talk to you. All right. Thank you very much as well. And uh, I really enjoyed being at this podcast. And uh, I hope that you guys will continue on uh, bringing this great work and, and uh, all these different views from all the different uh, countries that, uh, that are in this beautiful world. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you so much. We'll catch you later. Well, there we are having that fabulous conversation with, wait for it, Jutta Mbachtashir. Yes, <laughs> I hope. But uh, with deepest uh, with, with deepest respect, we we uh, we want to uh, express our great gratitude for him taking the time because uh, you know it, it's uh, actually pretty early in the morning for him. So yeah. so we're very grateful. And how interesting! Well, mm. all that sort of stuff. There's a lot of similarities. You know, uh, I, yes. I was absolutely fascinated by the waiting times. Uh, that's yeah. exactly the problem yeah. we're having we're having here in Australia. And I, I, yeah. I, I'm not sure about America, but I think similar things going on there. Mm. Um, mm. So it's uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I was fully expecting, you know, there to be a lot of similarities to Australian culture at least. I know the from from knowing Dutch relatives, you know, the independence aspect is, is fairly strong and that there is a little bit of a shame mentality when it comes to admitting that you need help in terms of mental health. But like we've been hearing from the United States and England and, and in Australia, it does seem like there's a new generation in which are really breaking that and uh, really embracing psychotherapy and mental health help. Mm, wonderful. So probably close to say goodbye. Mm. I mean, don't forget, if you, you enjoy this, you, you can pop in, uh, you can access and, and join us and support us and benefit yourself with masses and masses of education. We have lots of certificates for a lot of the courses we do. So come to the scienceofpsychotherapy.net and join in. We also have uh, heaps and heaps of available stuff and free things, our podcasts, our shortcuts uh, on our YouTube channel. So do yes. feel free 
to go along there. And I know the advertisements are a bit annoying, but if you just play them, that helps us to uh, to, to keep us going as well. So yeah. I think for now, Matt, we're done. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Science of Psychotherapy podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Science of Psychotherapy podcast. For more great science, go to thescienceofpsychotherapy.com.